Today is the 11th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today around the global campfire. It is great to be here to take the next step forward together. And obviously, we're in the rhythm now, so we know how these steps work. When we gather to take the next step forward, we pick up right where the last step left off. And that will lead us back into the book of Genesis. We are working through the life story of Abraham, the patriarch of the Hebrew people, a person who influences the rest of the Bible and uh, influences the world until today. And so let's dive in. Genesis chapter 24, verse 52 through 26, verse 16. When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. And the servant brought out gold and silver, jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, "'Send me on my way to my master.' But her brother and her mother replied, Let the young woman remain with us ten days or so, then you may go. But he said to them, Do not detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, send me on my way so I may go to my master. And they said, Let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebekah and asked her, Will you go with this man? I will go, she said. So they sent their sister Rebekah on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Beer, Lahai, Roy, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Abraham had taken another wife, whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan, 
The descendants of Dedan were the Asherites, the Latushites, and the Leumites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanok, Abida, and Aldea. All these were descendants of Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac, but while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Abraham lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zoar, the Hittite, the field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Beer Lahai Roy. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Ishmael, whom Sarah's slave, Hagar the Egyptian, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, listed in the order of their birth. Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Edad, Tima, Jetur, Nafish, and Kadima. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the twelve tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. Ishmael lived 137 years. He breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt, as you go toward Asher. And they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to them. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Paddan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife, because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out, with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but 
Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Arar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Harar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister. Because he was afraid to say, She is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah, because she is beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife. And you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people. Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. Matthew 8, 18-34 When Jesus saw the crowd around him, 
he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Psalm 10, 1 through 15. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears, no one will ever do me harm. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. 
catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Arise, Lord. Lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, He won't call me to account? But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8 Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Okay, so in the book of Genesis today, we said goodbye to Abraham, who lived to a ripe old age. And he was buried next to his wife, Sarah, who had previously passed away in the cave of Machpelah that he bought from Ephron the Hittite. And I mentioned yesterday, like, we'll see this place again and it'll be, it'll be important. But this is now becoming the ancestral burial place for the patriarchs of the Hebrew people. Abraham and Sarah have now been laid to rest in this same place, the only place that is owned in the promised land. So yesterday, Abraham tells his servant to go get a wife for his son Isaac. And this is really interesting because we haven't seen Isaac since they went up the mountain and Isaac was about to be sacrificed. Like we were looking that looking at that in the book of Genesis just going something happened here. And it's like the story behind the story. Something happened here because Abraham comes down the mountain by himself, gathers with his servants and goes back to Beersheba. Isaac seems to go down into the desert to Beer Lahai Roy, so deeper into the desert, south of, of Beersheba, where his father Abraham is. Um, Sarah ends up in Hebron, so like a little bit north and east of where Beersheba is. And so, interestingly enough, if that is how it is, they all end up in separate places. Abraham is still looking out for his son. Whether there's estrangement going on or whether there's not, he's looking out for his son to get his son a wife because Isaac is the child of promise. And if there are going to be offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand on the sea that come through Abraham and then through the child of promise, Isaac, then Isaac's going to need a wife. 
right? If he's going to have children, and it's important to Abraham that Isaac get the right wife, and that this story that is being told over and through this family can be carried forward. And so the servant goes back to the family clan, and that is where Rebecca is discovered. And this won't be the last time somebody goes back to that family clan in the north. The servant is successful, and Rebecca departs. And so the servant of Abraham knows where Isaac is, and it's not the same place that Abraham is. And so he takes Rebecca to Beer Lahai Roy, where Isaac is, and Isaac has gone out into the field to do some thinking, to do some meditating and contemplating, and he sees the camels approaching, and Rebecca sees the guy walking toward them, and they see each other for the first time, and she learns who it is, like, this is about to be your husband. She puts a veil over her face, Isaac sees her, he loves her, he brings her into the tent of his mother, Sarah. So he must have had his mother's tent from Hebron where she died. And this, I mean, like this is kind of conjecture, just kind of reading between the lines here, must have brought him comfort to have the tent of his mother. But in honoring where he came from and honoring his family and honoring his mother, he brings his new wife into the tent of his mother and marries her and loves her. And he found comfort after his mother's death. Meanwhile, we're told that Abraham uh, takes another wife named Keturah and has uh, several other children besides Isaac and besides Ishmael. But we were able to see the family line of Ishmael, and then we were able to observe the family line of Isaac. So Abraham, the patriarch, Isaac, the son of promise, who is now married to Rebekah. She's childless for a while. She's barren, but then she does get pregnant. And there are twins to be born, Jacob and Esau. And they've grown up pretty quick because we can, you know, like we, we skip to that part as we're just kind of moving through the narrative of Genesis. They grow up pretty quick and we see that there's distinctions between them. There's kind of the daddy's boy and there's the mama's boy. Jacob's the mama's boy. Esau is the daddy's boy. Esau's more of like the outdoorsman type. Jacob's a little closer to his mother. And we begin to see a bit of trickery. Uh, happening as Esau sells his birthright to his brother Jacob. And we may have heard of Jacob before and Esau and even their stories before, but this is the first moment where we meet a person who forms everything that comes next. Abraham is the patriarch. Isaac is his son, the child of promise. Jacob was born in today's reading. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And just so we can see this happen and stay rooted in the story, 
Later on, Jacob will get a name change, just like his grandfather had. Abraham's name was changed to Abraham. Jacob's name will be changed to Israel. And Jacob will grow up and he will find a wife. Actually more than one and it will be quite complicated but he will have children. Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel, will have children and who will they be? The children of Israel. And so while we will spend the majority of our time in the scriptures this year among the children of Israel, here in the book of Genesis we are reading the origin story. And we have now met Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then just really briefly turning into the book of Matthew and to what we read today, and by the way, we're, we're staying rooted in Genesis a lot because the story is unfolding. And if, if we lose the plot of the story, then we spend the rest of the time in the Old Testament confused about what's going on with who. As we're watching this all develop, we realize this is a big, long story about the same family. And so as we're in the New Testament moving through Matthew, we will also then move through Mark, Luke, and John. And a number of the stories that we find in the Gospels, we will have opportunity to, to see and explore together more than one time. But there is a scene in the Gospel of Matthew today that is really beautiful, but also challenging and comforting at the same time. So Jesus is about the business of ministry right now. He is revealing the kingdom of God and inviting people to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And then he decides he's going to the other side of the lake. So he gets in the boat. He's exhausted. And uh, so his fishermen group of disciples are are navigating and a storm comes up and it's intense and there can be some very intense storms on the Sea of Galilee. If you've ever been there, you're like, how is that possible? This is just like a big lake because that's about the size of the Sea of Galilee is, I don't know, maybe 25 miles all the way around. If you drove all the way around it, I could be a little bit off on that, but I don't think I'm... So it's not a huge ocean. It's, it's a good-sized lake. But it is geographically situated, interestingly, because it is the, um, it is the lowest freshwater lake in the world. So the hills and mountains that surround it, they're more at sea level and there's a dip and then there's a Sea of Galilee and so winds come off the Mediterranean Sea and they start swirling when they hit these hills and then there's this depression where the Sea of Galilee is and it just creates a vortex and so there can be some really um, pretty aggressive storms definitely that could capsize the kind of boat that Jesus was in and so... The fishermen who are experienced on the water are freaking out, which means there's actual true danger. And they go to wake Jesus up. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. 
And this is the beautiful part. Jesus replies, can you even imagine? He's been exhausted from ministry. He gets woke up. He opens his eyes. It's raining. He's like trying to get his wits about him. You of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Oh, that is challenging and comforting all at the same time. Because the metaphor, the storms of life, is probably a metaphor that we all are familiar with and have all experienced. And we experience choppy waters in our lives and stormy situations routinely. And often we find ourselves in panic mode. Right? When we're storming the heavens, it's like we're getting into the back of the boat, shaking Jesus. We're going to drown. Wake up. Can't you see what's going on here? And that looks so much like what our prayers look like when we're in panic mode. And just to hear the response of Jesus, you of little faith, which isn't a shame. It's just to kind of call out, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Let's carry that with us today. Why are you so afraid? As the story in Matthew goes, he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Let's carry that picture with us as we navigate the storms of this day. And so, Father, we love you and we thank you for another opportunity to gather together, although we are all over the world, to gather together in this place, this place that we've made, the global campfire, where we just come together each day to hear from you and to seek your wisdom and clarity and direction in our lives. And so... Plant what we've read in our hearts and may the work of transformation continue in us. We pray in the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base and that is where you can find out what is happening around here. The Daily Audio Bible app can put that in the palm of your hand or on your tablet or or wherever, wherever your smart device may take you. Just search for Daily Audio Bible at the app store that works with your device. And you can download that. Dive in from there. While you're diving in, check out, well, check out the community section. This is where to start getting connected. There are different links to social media channels that we participate in. Good to kind of follow along with whichever ones you participate in uh, so that as we're making announcements and stuff on social media, that can show up in your feed. Also, the community section is where the prayer wall lives. And I'll never tire of telling us about the prayer wall because that is a 24-hour, always-on, never-off resource. And uh, we're all over the world in every time zone and on every continent. And so... 
When things get too hard to carry alone, there is a place to come and share and begin to offload some of that burden. And there is a place that we all can go and offer words of encouragement, words from all over the world into each other's stories, once again reminding us that we are not alone in this. And so certainly, certainly check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. Humbly thank you. We couldn't be here if we weren't here together. It would make no sense, right? We are in this together. And what a joy it is to have a place like this around the global campfire to come to every day. And so if that's been life-giving to you, then thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app, or you can dial 877 877- 942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, Daddy Audio Bible Community, to be a blessing in California. It's a stormy night, and here we are expecting another atmospheric river to just settle over us and dump a bunch of water in a short amount of time. And I'm witnessing a miracle. I was evacuated and mandatory evacuations were made. God has been so good. I needed a place to stay. God has blessed me with a place to stay concerns over so many things and God has just been blessing answering prayer and the prayer of not having this storm settle but to move through and it's something that I'm witnessing it just speaks to so many things about God that come to mind, but specifically right now, the idea that people can, myself included, be praying and praying and praying, and when God answers prayer, it's like, oh, it was just a natural phenomenon. It just was a shift of the wind, but oh, my friends, God changes the direction of the winds. He calms the storms. We see that in the Bible about Jesus, and we can see that in our lives if we look. I pray that you will look for the miracles of God in 2023 for your family, your jobs, your spiritual walk with him to be a blessing in California. Hello, DAB family. This is Tony from sunny Florida. I would like to ask you to join me in lifting our sister, Victoria, from Ohio up in prayer. She called in on December 31st 
um, about her husband who has a drinking problem. And um, she has no joy and feels abandoned. So I would like to share some scripture. And these scriptures are Joshua 1, verse 9. Have not, I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Isaiah 40, 25. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And Lord, we pray for Victoria's husband and ask for your spirit of truth to speak to his heart. May he expose his vulnerability and let his pride fall away. We pray for his deliverance from the bondage of drinking. And if he is not saved, Lord, we pray for his salvation in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we also pray for strength and we pray for the love um, of her community here and for all of her brothers and sisters that, that we reach out to Victoria and let her know that she is not alone and we're here to support her. And we love you. Hi, Dab family. This is Kathy from Western New York. It's been a while since I called in, but I wanted to update you on my daughter, Natalie. She is the gal um, that I told you about that her brain has slipped to the back of her skull. The condition is called Chiari malformation. I don't know which form of it. There are several forms of it, but um, it, this, the symptoms have been really not manageable. We've tried um, other therapies and the pain, the numbness, the dizziness, the um, you know losing ability to walk, the migraines, the pressure, the double vision, the nausea, just have been too much for her to handle. Um, it's gotten so much worse. So she's made the decision to have the surgery. Um, they'll be opening up her brain and spine um, and um, shunting with some form um, to give her brain more space. It's pretty risky, as you can imagine. And so um, her surgery is going to be February the 7th. I'm praying, Dab family, that you can join me in lifting up my daughter in prayer for a successful surgery and for her to come out of this surgery um, in, with flying colors and that um, her uh, symptoms will be resolved and no new um, conditions will be um, activated. Um, so thank you, Deb family. Um, I pray for you every day and I know you pray for everybody on the prayer wall and, and uh, you know who have called in. And so I just feel so much stronger going into this with my family because I know you are behind me. So thank you again, Kathy from Western New York. Um, love you guys. Take care. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is the first time I've called and I will call myself Desert Rose. I have a prayer request today from my 15-year-old granddaughter. Her name is Eva. For the second time in six months, she's gone into a psych hospital because of severe anxiety and suicidal ideation. 
After her last inpatient stay, she started an outpatient intensive therapy program to help her with the anxiety. But after New Year's, on January 3rd, she told her mom that her anxiety is so bad that she feels it's better she's not living anymore. Will you please pray with me for Eva? She's not a believer. Her mom is not a believer. They need the Lord. They need his healing. Thank you for joining me in praying for my sweet granddaughter. Hello, this is Debs from the UK in Hampshire. Just walking back from putting my horses to bed. Um, listening to the DAB. I'm not very good at praying aloud and never felt brave enough to call in. Um, but I've just heard Victoria from Ohio calling in and she sounded so desperate and just can't take any more with her family situation. So Victoria, I just wanted to reach out to you. Um, I want you to know that I'll be praying for you. As I end this call, I'll be praying um, for comfort, for peace, and for practical support for you. Um, and above all, I pray that this year there will be a glimmer of joy in yours and your family life. Even if that's just um, hearing the birds singing anew or seeing the sun shining through the clouds, I just pray that the Lord, through nature, will just give you that glimpse of joy. And so, Victoria, I've got no idea um, really what it feels like to go through what you, you're experiencing, but just know that I will be praying for you. And if I can help you in any way, I will certainly try. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> 